All right, everybody, Todd Coconato with Remnant Radio, and I am so pleased and honored to have two very special men of God on the program today, and I'm believing we're going to have a really anointed conversation. We just prayed, but I'm believing it's going to be a very anointed conversation. I got uh, Pastor Mike Bickle from Kansas City. Pastor Mike, welcome to the program. I love it. I appreciate being here. Thank you, sir. And then Pastor Shane Eidelman from Westside Christian Fellowship up there in Lancaster. Welcome, Pastor Shane. Welcome. It's good to be here as well, and just want to thank Mike for taking the time out. Absolutely. And I would love to go through uh, both of your bios, but uh, just real briefly, uh, so we, you know, for the for the sake of time, uh, you know, Pastor Mike Bickle, just so you know, I've been to uh, IHOP and uh, been to one thing. Uh, I think I went to one of the first one things, actually. Wow, uh, cool. <laughs> cool. I like that. Yes. And uh, Pastor Lou Engel and my family, we prayed together down in Pasadena for many years. And uh, Pastor Nets Gomez is actually one of my closest mentors. So uh, we're oh, cool. Yeah, like so that. I'm going to be on his show on Wednesday, actually. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we've been following you in the movement for years. And Pastor Shane, you wrote uh, just recently a great article that I think was featured on Charisma, um, kind of just talking about some of the things that you've experienced, some questions that you might have. And uh, what a great conversation topic. So I want to kind of segue into that and let you kind of, you know, uh, start the conversation off by t- telling us a little bit about the article that you wrote. Yeah, it might, you know, it might be a good idea just to give the listeners an idea, and, and that's why I appreciate Mike coming on. I basically just emailed him and reached out a little bit. Uh, I wrote that article, is, is a picture worth a thousand words, a lesson for conservatives and charismatics. Uh, Charisma picked it up, Hello Christian, Christian Headlines, Christian Post, and uh, I was just hit with a lot of negative emails as well. Hmm. Um, and that's why I reached out to Pastor Mike and said, hey, is there, is there, I mean, obviously we're not going to please our critics, and I know uh, there's a lot out there, and uh, so the conversation really isn't for that, it's kind of those people caught in the middle uh, right. that are kind of having a hard time understanding uh, a lot of things that are going on, uh, because we don't always answer our critics, we don't always uh, give people a reason for why we do things, so I just reached out to Mike, and, uh, and I'm glad he responded back, um, but I think the main thing was... Um, and Mike, that's why I just want to hear your heart on it. With uh, my background as a former uh, a Catholic and an altar boy uh, in, a, in a Catholic high school, and I guess from my vantage point, I think many others, it's hard to find uh, that where we can reconcile on, on uh, doctrine. Um, now, of course, I've got Catholic friends. Uh, Roman Catholics actually attend the church from time to time. And, but to, to share the stage and to kind of you know act as if it's, it's kind of uh, ecumenical, that's where I think people are, um, you know, have some questions, I guess even including myself. So that's why I was wondering uh, if you could maybe shed some light on that. Maybe people aren't getting the full picture, uh, and maybe, uh, you know, there's something out there that we're not seeing, uh, or at least not, not on the same page with. Yeah, yeah, I totally appreciate the question, actually. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, any question is fair game. I know I don't mind them at all, just so you know. Like, some people get, like, say, well, don't ask about that. I say, ask anything. <laughs> Absolutely. You can I ask me it. how many push-ups I can do, I'll tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just I love but, it. Uh, I make a big difference between the Catholic organization and individual born-again believers who still are involved in the organization, but when talked to in a personal way, are troubled by a number of things in the organization. So uh, a born-again believer who loves Jesus, who takes the Word of God as a final authority for faith and practice, loves Jesus, he loves the ministry of the Holy Spirit, meaning encouraging and blessing people and seeing healing happen in people's lives and their hearts, 
and they're that and they're and they're Catholic, but if they're born again and they love Jesus and the Word, I could fellowship with them. I have no problem with that. Because they're not asking me to agree with the system that they are still a part of in which they don't fully agree with. And so yeah, I don't find it so troubling if you think of it that right. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm and maybe that again from our vantage point, because um, I would, you know, with with most of that, I'm I'm right there with you. But when it comes to you know, when they're on the stage or when we're sharing a platform with them and, and they are wearing, uh, you know, the priestly garments of, that actually represent Roman Catholicism, um, it, it kind of sends a mixed message that, um, you know, we're, we're agreeing with this. Uh, they don't hear, people don't hear the background to it. Um, and again, we, we've got Catholic friends, so I'm right there with you. I've got lunch with them. We, we uh, go to bat on issues like abortion. Uh, but that's question number one is uh, when we when we have them on stage representing because that's really what they're doing they're representing uh, Roman Catholicism uh, when when they're dressed as as priests and representing that but also if if they find you know the the doctrines troubling such as Mary worship and the papacy and uh, purgatory and so many other things confession and um, why are are they staying in the system uh, like a modern day Martin Luther. Is that kind of what you're seeing, or they just they, they just they don't they don't feel strongly enough to break away? Um, so I think that's where the confusion is on those two points. Is totally agree, but as far as having them on the stage at events, um, it, it seems like we're promoting ecumenicalism with the Roman Catholic Church. Again, just perception. I'm not I'm not saying yeah, that. no, totally. And I think you're right. It does leave a mixed message. And that, to me, is one of the downsides of living in a fallen world, because the mixed message is, is really there, but it's not, there's a thousand people in the room, and there's 20 different messages between those thousand people being received. And a couple of them are good, a couple of them are bad. Like, I know some people that are involved in the Catholic Church, and they're wearing the garb, and what they're saying is... I mean, I'm talking to few, because there's a few that would not like what I'm about to say here. I mean, Catholics, Catholic priests. They're saying, I'm a missionary to this movement, and I've been sent here by God to talk about Jesus and the Word of God, and this is my mission field, and I have to run with them, and the garb is just part of the way I identify with them. I'm not declaring the Pope is infallible. I'm not declaring it. The guy on Rome 10 may think I am, but I'm not. I am here by a divine commission to bring the message of justification by faith, the beauty of Jesus, born-again Christianity, to people who grew up in the Catholic Church and think that leaving it is evil, so they're never going to hear the message anywhere else. So I'm on the inside talking to them. So I have a number of Catholic friends who that's their perception. I go, wow, I'm glad that's not my assignment, but I appreciate that. I mean, if you're really there and you know, it's like some that people are. That, that makes the that probably makes a lot of sense because they see friends and family stuck in the system, and uh, they want to stay in that system to help them get out of the system. I guess. Is, is yes, basically. and they're stuck. It, it's a and you're a smart guy, so you know what I mean by this. They're stuck in a mindset, meaning they can't fathom. I mean, because they're not born again, and they they don't have a relationship with a personal relationship with Jesus, so they're not even thinking anti-Catholic religion, quote, is even real. We're thinking, man, Catholicism is a little bit boring. That's the only election I got. Mm. So they don't even think of leaving. It's it's like a Jewish person who's not born again thinks becoming a Christian. Are you kidding me? That's not even an option. But then they have a Messianic Jew talk to them. They go, wow, I never knew that was possible. 
Right, yeah. right. No, that's a great point. And that's why I want to kind of bring up this conversation because uh, two things are going to happen right now. Uh, Hyper conservatives are going to are going to slam me for not asking harder questions or pressing. No, ask hard. Go hard, though. But really, go hard. No, I'm like it. I'm actually, I'm actually right there with you. I, I, I knew there had to be a little bit more to this. Uh, it's not just uh, a blatant endorsement, ecumenical movement. Um, that's why I just want to hear your heart and find out kind of what's going on. Um, but I guess even back to the other question with events coming up, is do you think it causes more damage to have them on the stage and sending people the wrong message? Let's say it might help those two or three priests and we're friends and uh, we want, you know, we want to uh, not necessarily... Um, uh, not put them on the stage, uh, but we also want to be friends with them as well. Do you think that maybe looking out for how they would feel might um, outweigh what type of message it's going to send to you know thousands of Christians wondering, well, hey, what's going on here? Because it's hard to give everyone the backdrop of right. hey, here's why we're doing it. This is what we found. It's just they just there's pictures online of Roman Catholic priests on the stage. Um, so maybe that would just be something we can all learn from, is what kind of message does it send to the body at large? Uh, but, the critics but, are going to have a full day, you right. know, but... Believe it or not, I, I, I've been in, I'm not trying to play the old man card here, but I've been in ministry with the pastor over 40 years, 42 years now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have actually never met a genuinely confused person on that point. The confusion is the radical conservatives who are critical, not the lady on row 10. She says, I'm not going to join the Catholic Church. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm trying to get touched by God in this meeting. And that confusion argument to me is massively exaggerated that when brought down to the true brass tacks behind, I mean, the grass level, who's the guy? What's his name? Who's confused? Let me talk to him. I found out there's not that many confused. They're not even thinking yeah, no. about it. They're just I in the meeting trying to get touched by God. They don't care. No, if yeah, there's a, a there's a Satanist up there, that's a different thing. But the average, oh, yeah. even born-again believer, isn't overly confused. They don't think about that that much. So most, would you say that most born-again believers would say that, okay, they think Catholic Roman Catholicism is the same, or they're just... No, no, they don't. They think if a priest is on the platform, it depends on what platform it's on. If they're on a platform, exactly. if they're on a platform, and there's, and that platform has got a history of believing the Bible and loving Jesus, the guy on row ten thinks that priest loves Jesus and loves the Word of God. He's not even thinking, "Am I supposed to agree with the system?" That's just a hypercritical, hyper argumentative folks way to the right. They're the ones creating that confusion, and they're not confused. They're just critical. They're not confused at all. What's going on? Well, I will, and maybe I don't want to speak for Todd, too, and, and again, I'm just being honest and open. I'm actually confused, uh, and I think Todd's confused. I mean, there are a lot of solid, spirit-filled believers, love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, pray for revival, all-night prayer meetings, at the altar weeping, two-hour, three-hour worship mornings, you know, so we're right there on, on as far as seeking God, but I was confused. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of yeah. people, just solid Christians, were confused because it can send, the, like, uh, and I would love to get Lou Engel on as well, too, when he kissed the feet of the priest at the, uh, here in Pasadena. It just, it just is really confusing for those of us stuck in the middle. Yeah, so again, but, can I, can I chime in for a sec? Yeah, can I chime yeah, in for a sec? Okay, uh, yeah, because I think, um, I'm going to play, uh, you know, like the controversial guy here, so forgive me, please, but I'm just, 
<laughs> no, go for it. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, stimulate the conversation some more. But uh, so, you know, I, I did hear some people that were uh, genuinely concerned. And I think, you know, my last name's Coconato. I'm Italian. My entire family's Catholic, uh, except for my immediate family. And, and, and my wife is all Italian. Her whole family is <laughs> Italian. I understand that very well. So thank you. Came from Sicily. Yes. Really there you go. And so did we. Yeah. Bottom of the boot. Yep. So, uh, so here's the thing, you know, it, I, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with what you said, Pastor Mike, about, you know, so even my dad, who's been sitting in a, you know, evangelical, you know, Pentecostal Christian church for years, still identifies in many ways as a Catholic. Um, and, you know, and I believe he's saved and born again and all that, you know, um, I guess my question would be, and I think this is what a lot of people ask me is, you know, is, is it a wide gate strategy versus a narrow gate strategy? In other words, can somebody stay in Roman Catholic, you know, Catholicism and pray to Mary, which we would identify as an idol worship, you know, and be saved? Or is that, do you look at it where it's really, that's not our, our, you know, our place to, to question that? Or would you say that it, you're just basically looking for an opportunity for an open door to then minister the gospel, which, which that's kind of my, uh, okay, a great question. There's three or four views. Number one, can a person be in the Catholic Church, pray to Mary, and be genuinely born again? I think they can, but it's an heir to pray to Mary, and I would tell them, you're totally wasting your time. Right. She's not listening nor answering. Correct. And so, are you going to hell because you're talking to the heir, to a woman who's not listening nor answering, and yet you love Jesus and you talk to him? I would say that's just a waste of your time. It's not a soul-damning conversation you had. It's... So that's how, I mean, I would tell them, don't do it, but to, to put it at the level. Now, if they're worshiping Mary, hmm. that's a little different story, because now we're worshiping somebody besides Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. That's, a, that's a way more troubling thing if you're worshiping. Sure. But if you're talking in air to someone who doesn't hear you or talk back, right? I would just tell the guy, stop it. Yeah. And go, well, it makes me feel good. I'm mean, well, delusional. It's not even real. Sure. But do you talk to Jesus? Oh, I talk to him all the time. Right. Okay, well, that's okay, that's good. So I would approach it that way. So I don't think of it like I'm not trying to quote win the Catholics personally myself. I, I mean, I like it if I have the opportunity, but I don't really have that opportunity. I don't really right. move in that realm. I would think of the leader as a born again believer who looks me in the eye and goes, I love Jesus, justification by faith. Yes. I love the word of God's final authority. Will right. you fellowship with me? I look him right in the eye and go, yes. Well, people get mad at you if you do. I go, I can bear that. Right. I'm, that's where I'm living is in that conversation right there. Mm. More than I feel called. I think some guys are called as evangelists to go win them and open doors and opportunities. I appreciate that. Right. But that's not where my energy has been. Mm. That's. I love your heart on that, Pastor. And Pastor Shane, did you want to chime in on that? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably, you know, agree with Mike that if somebody prays to Mary, it could be the theology is off in that area. It doesn't necessarily mean they're uh, they're worshiping her. Um, and my, my but they could be. Now that's troubling. If they are. Yeah, that's troubling. Now. Well, it's funny. I, I actually went to talk to a priest here in Valencia, a four thousand person uh, church, and he looked at me and he said, "Shane, uh, we were talking about purgatory." He goes, "Well, how do you deal with the guilt and the shame?" And I said, "Well, a year. How the cross? The cross? Yeah, yeah right." <laughs> No, they won. There you go. No, yeah. So he was deeply pushing purgatory. There's a 12 foot tall statue of Mary and Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord's with thee, 15 times at, at memorial services, and 
So there's a. So I think that's what I'm hoping people can learn from here. You're right on the on the on the conservative. I call it heresy hunters, <laughs> uh, armchair quarterbacks that like to sit at home and and bash anybody who does anything remotely out of their circle of of doctrine. Right. right. And I'm a I'm a strong doctrine person. Um, and so am I. Just so you know, I'm a oh, radical yeah. strong doctrine person. Yes. And and so my hope is that 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 we can all learn from. Hey, maybe we should re. You know, just be more considerate of. Um, what we, in other words, if I put a Roman Catholic on the priest with me, a uh, priest on the stage, yeah, on the stage, me, right, right, right. Yeah, it, it's going to, it's going to send the message that hey, let's just all come together. Uh, we all believe the same. Uh, the theology of Rome is the same as Christianity. When really, it's really, really different. It's not even on the same on the same page. So I understand there's Catholics in the in the trenches there that are wanting to stay there, like Martin Luther, fifteen seventeen, Church Doors of Wittenberg, Germany, and ninety five Thesis, and and I got that. I just want to make sure we're sending the right message to those uh, looking up to the the, the leaders. Um, yeah, I'm not over. I'm not as worried, concerned about that as you are. Here's why. Yeah, no. Again, a hypothetical guy on row ten who's confused. He asks four questions. Takes him twenty minutes. He gets his answer. He goes, "Well, oh, I'm confused anymore." There you go. I mean, it's a low level confusion. They're not. I'm not met one that said. Is it now okay to worship Mary? That's what I mean by confused. I've never met that person right. who's no, sitting no, out no, there no, who no, thinks no. now justification by faith is not true because yeah. I was in a meeting. No, I've never met a person confused at okay. that level. And, and maybe I wasn't using the right word, but there are a lot of people, spirit-filled charismatics, who are uh, maybe <laughs> confused um, isn't the right word, but, well, maybe it is the right word, not understanding with the message it sends, uh, for example, in Pasadena, when they're priests on the stage, or when we're worshiping God and praying, uh, and we know what, and I guess those people who know what Roman theology is, and they see them on the same stage, it doesn't send a, a very strong message uh, to to spirit-filled believers in, in general. I'm not talking about the far right or those who are out, out to get any, if you say anything charismatic, you know, you're on their hit list. I'm yeah. talking about those who are genuinely like, wait a minute, that's kind of odd. Why? Yeah. I, I thought that I'm saving the word. Con, I'm saving the word confused, and just so that we're having fun in our definitions. As someone who is thinking something big like justification by faith is not real, mm. Mary is to be worshipped. That's okay. That's what I'm using confusion at that level, mm. and that's why I made the big statement I've ever met him. But what's so bad about the guy on row ten again? Who? He's got four questions. He knocks on some doors. He goes on the internet. He'll get the answers pretty easy if he just asks a few questions. Now he's not confused the rest of his life on the point. I mean, there's nothing wrong with knowing to get in a couple answers that aren't that hard to find. No, no, that's true. I just meant if we have, like, I wouldn't have an iman on the stage with me. I wouldn't have a Hindu on the stage with me. I wouldn't have a Roman Catholic on the stage well, with me. If I'm, I, I if might. I'm I might if I was defining them as a person who's not a believer, and I'm saying we are radically different. And you know what? I'm trying to win you to Jesus. And, and then he would laugh and say, yeah, I'm trying to win you. As long as we know where we're at, let's talk now. You know, I yeah, could in that true. sense. Yeah, for sure. If I can have a debate, if I can have a debate. Sure. And, and a, and, and, but I'm, I'm talk, I guess I'm talking about a worship event where we're coming there to worship the Lord in the spirit of, of unity and truth and, and love and and, and praying, and, you know, that that would be, I would have to just see that as... Well, as I'll give you a, a situation, okay? I'll give you one. You answer this one. I'll, I'll tell you my answer first, so I'm not trying to trick you or anything. Okay. We're at a big, massive meeting. 
thousands of people at it. We're in New York City. I won't name the meeting, so I don't have to name people. No, so I don't like to name people. And it's thousands are there, okay? And we're praying for Jesus, and we're praying for Israel. Hmm. So five or ten rabbis came on the stage and said, we love it, but you guys are praying for Israel? Are you kidding? Right. And so they came up on the stage. Now there's thousands. They don't. No one stops and says, these guys are not born again, but they're wearing the rabbi stuff, and they're blown away that Christians are praying for Israel and we love Jesus. Then the man tells me, one of the MC, hey, because of them, I prefer if you just pray, but don't say the name of Jesus. I said, I refuse to not say the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I go, no way. And right. he goes, well, I mean, if you have to, I go, are you kidding me? I go, I'm not trying to pretend to these men or the thousands out there. Now, if I would have submitted to that in the name of friendship, that seems dishonest to me. And I said, no, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And you got me as a prayer guy, and that's the only person I pray to besides the Father. Right. And I said, I'm going to. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And that the, the rabbi, I didn't care. But it was the MC that troubled me because he wasn't pretending the 10 rabbis were 40 Christians. He wasn't pretending we were the same, but he wanted us to, quote, honor them. I go, I don't know how that honors them <laughs> by me lying about what I believe. Hmm. Like, I don't got to get in their face on every point right now, right. but this is core to my being, and I, I can't. And so I, I didn't, I said, you don't want me on the stage. Oh, I'm happy. I'm not mad at you. I always go off the stage, but I'm not getting on that microphone without mentioning Jesus, just so you know. Amen. And Amen. they said, okay, okay, yeah, and everything ended up okay. I love it. Yeah, no. I, so, I, I what what would you have done in that situation? Well, a couple things, uh, and I'm actually going to be in that situation here shortly. On <laughs> oh, there you go. I just <laughs> accidentally <laughs> prophesied to you. Uh, accidentally. <laughs> well, and it, 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 to me, it goes back to what is the event? You know, if we're calling Christian believers to a, a let's say an afternoon of worship, we're going to seek God on our face. We're going to have powerful worship, and we're we're pulling down heaven. We're seeking revival. Well, that's you what know, that event was, actually. No one, it, was, it was a go-for-revival event, and thousands well, were I, there. I, 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 personally, I don't think we'd, I'd have to have them on the stage in order them, for them to be excited that we're praying about uh, praying for Israel. I think yeah, I don't know who put them up there. Yeah, good point. I wouldn't be part of that decision. I was just, when I was going up the stairs, I was informed. It would be better if I honored them, and I just refused to. Oh yeah, no, that was for, I'd do the same exact thing if I was coming up to pray, and you know, and actually did that here. At Cal, I haven't been asked back at um, Antonovich's office here. They told me not to pray in Jesus' name at the city council meeting in L.A. Hmm. And uh, you know, I said, "Why? Did you research me before you asked me down here?" I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, of course, I'm gonna. So uh, I guess I offended a few people. But yeah, you, you're putting that spot. So we're we're right there on the same page. Um, but I think to answer the question is, I'm glad we talked because. You don't see an ecumenical movement with Rome theology and Christian Christian theology coming together. You see it more no, not at all. outreach. Okay. Not yeah, at perfect. all. Not perfect. at all. Rome is, but neither does Rome. Rome is no, they, so entrenched. They're not remotely open <laughs> to interacting in a way that minimizes the 10 or 12 of their points that we don't agree with, whatever the number is. But there's, I'm just no. saying, there's a big categories. And, and I know you can't speak for Lou. Maybe you can have him email him, and maybe we can get him on at some point too. But why, like at the priest at the Pasadena event, you know, is it was it trying to just bring Catholics and Christians together? No, I I know Lou well, 
And Lou, we are, we would, if he was here right now, he'd be nodding his head the entire 30 minutes we've been talking. <laughs> yes, he, he would. would not at one point said, that's wrong. I think Lou would have been saying to that man, I know you, I know you love Jesus. I know you're criticized by many of my friends. They don't know you're born again and love the Bible and you're justified by faith. You buy that. They don't believe that. I'm letting them know I'm humbling myself to you and I'm bearing this with you because they don't get who you are. I bet that would be the backstory of losing on the conversation. Hmm. But couldn't I, I don't know that for a fact. That. I, but go ahead. No, no, I think you're right too. But couldn't I tell that person on the back, at the backstage or at lunch or... You know, I, I mean, I could tell them the same thing and have that same uh, united friendship that I love you. Yeah. I put you on the stage when I put you on the stage in priestly garments, and I and I do that. It validates what you stand for, at least in the eyes of, of many of us who know what Roman theology teaches. So that's why I said confused. Uh, we're not questioning care, anybody's character, or their yeah. integrity, or their. We're just trying to better understand, you know, the thought process behind. Uh, this because that I don't know if we have time now, but you know that kind of draws into the NAR, um, or right, right, right. National, yeah, and that's you know people have accused me of that, and I didn't even know what it was. I yeah, mean, I've been accusing that too, uh, and that when they were first accused of me, I didn't know what they were talking about. When we said Peter Wagner, I go, oh, I know you're talking about. I'm not a part of that, but now <laughs> I get what you're saying. Though. At least I get it now. Yeah, is that the yeah, new new yeah. apostolic revolution? Is that what they're talking about? No, New Apostolic Reformation. Reformation, got it. Okay, got it. Yep, yep, interesting. So I think, yeah, and, and, and it's unbelievably exaggerated, the critics are, of that. Because I know a number of the guys that are in it, and what is being said about what they're trying to do. And so I go, you know, I know those guys, that's not all what they're trying to do. They're not trying to take over all society. <laughs> they don't even have churches hardly that are growing. And they're barely making it, some of them. Yeah. They don't have this imagination that all the governors in their state are going to bow down to their apostolic authority. Are you kidding? That's not in one of their minds, at least the few people who I know that are in that world. Right. right. No, yeah, I think we're supposed to be salt and light in all areas. Of, sure, of, yeah. You know, and that's, where, that's what the ones I know believe, but they don't believe they're yeah. taking over and their apostolic office is to be recognized by the all the economic and the political and the academic and the military institutions. And, and, but that's what their critics think they think, and it's not even remotely true. Yeah, there sure is a lot of critics out there today. A lot of people can say a lot of things from their mom's basement now. It seems like everybody has a voice. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think these types of conversations are so helpful. Um, Pastor Mike, I mean, you, you really shed a tremendous amount of light on some of the questions that I think Shane and I had. And, um, you know, I really appreciate your heart. So basically what you're saying is you're not willing to compromise. You're not willing to compromise at all. I'm uh, not remotely pretending that what I stand for is going to be in unity with all the Catholic systems, and they're getting, that's inconceivable. Mm. Mm. And they would laugh. The Catholics would laugh at that too. They would go, "Who thinks that?" Right. But uh, hey, I got a real confusing one for both of you. Yeah. Okay, now this will throw you off. So I want you to answer, give a response. Is what I mean. Sure. I mean, this threw me off big time. Have you ever heard of uh, 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 Renato La Mesa? Mm. No. No. Okay. Or over in, in Italy, in Rome, they call it Father Cantal La Mesa, but Renero Cantal La Mesa. Okay. He was Pope John Paul's pastor. Hmm. For however many years he was Pope, say 30 years, I don't really know. His official title is the Apostolic Preacher of the Papal Household. Wow. So the Pope wow. picked him, 
And the 20 times a year, whatever, I made up that number, I don't know what it wrote, <laughs> where the Pope has a mass in his setting, uh, uh, Candle Mesa is the, pat, the preacher. Okay. And he did it 30 years, or whatever the number was, that he was Pope, and then Benedict picked him as well. Hmm. And there's never been a guy that did that for two Popes that I know. Okay, here's the deal. Hmm. I meet this guy. Wow. I read his book on Romans. I'm a... I'm a book of Romans fanatic. I've taught the book of Romans verse by verse through, yeah. you know, all the main three to eight. I love that kind of stuff. Love so it. he writes a book on Romans three to eight. I go, well, this is going to be interesting. And so I know I'm going to meet this man in some setting. And I read it, and you're not going to believe this. Now, this is don't make this a direct quote, but it's close. Hmm. It says, and the young priest, he's talking about Martin Luther, Mm-hmm. who proclaimed justification by faith. Here he is on Romans 3 in his book, like page 28, I or whatever it really was. He goes, he did much for the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what he said. Right. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I said, and then he said, four chapters later, now he's probably in chapter 8 on Victoria's life and spirit. He says, and the saintly John Wesley, hmm. who talked about holiness of heart, blah, 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 blah. So now I meet this guy. I don't know how I got to meet him, but I met him. I go, I am confused by you. <laughs> he goes, he speaks seven languages. And he's very good English. He goes, why? I go, I read on page 28 and then page 56, whatever. You said Martin Luther, you honored him and justification by faith. And then you said John Wesley and holiness and walking in the spirit with no compromise. I said, how can you say that without getting in trouble? His answer blew my mind. He goes, I get in trouble all the time. Mm. I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, I am hated by many people. Wow. I don't care. I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and answer for it. Mm. I went, I don't even know how to answer what you just told me. That was so <laughs> profoundly true. I go, so you're just, justification by faith is yes. That is incredibly important doctrine to me. Mm. And holiness of John Wesley and the revival movements. I didn't know what to say to this man. Mm, I just wow. said, you know what? There's a lot. I go, how did you? I go, why? Don't you get in trouble? And he said it so emphatically. I goes, I'm hated by many. Wow. Yeah, I'm in trouble all the time. Wow. I don't care. Hmm. I'm going to answer to Jesus. Been, he's the it's, Pope's pastor for 30 years. <laughs> oh, so That's my point. So he's a priest. Oh, yeah, he's a priest since he's 20 years old. I mean, I don't know oh, exactly. Wow. Well. His entire, I mean, he is entrenched at the center of the center, and many bishops hate him with a passion. Wow. Oh, I bet. Well, I mean, Martin Luther would have, Martin Luther would have stayed, as far as the biographies I read, he, he was not jumping out of it immediately. He was staying in as a priest, and he was going and preaching justification by faith alone and Christ alone. And he actually had to be removed uh, by the papacy. And, I mean, a little bit like Wesley and the Anglicans, a little bit of the same story. Yeah, because, uh, so, yeah, so I, I think there are people then within uh, the system that are, you know, standing up for what is right, and, and that's why I want to give listeners just a clear picture of of uh, when there is Catholic involvement, maybe all of us can be a little bit more, you know, um, uh, receptive, or not receptive, but sensitive to what, you know, not, I don't, I don't say compromise friendships because we don't want to, you know, offend people. There's a stigma, yeah, good. Yeah, maybe looking at the whole picture. I remember uh, John MacArthur was given the opportunity to preach at the Mormon Tabernacle. He turned it down. Ravi Zacharias took it. 
um, and caught a lot of criticism for that. So I, I think each man is, you know, should go based on his own personal conscience, um, but also just being aware that who we sit, like with Francis and Todd White and Benny Hinn, you know, that's been a big, a big thing out recently. Um, and, uh, you know, just being careful and selective. Uh, I love it. I mean, I, I, I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad Francis spoke to that group. I mean, I'm glad Francis brings a, a hard message into a yeah. people that need to hear it. So, um, what Francis we say is Texas is the real deal. That's all I got to say. Oh, absolutely. What do we, though, um, what what do you think about identifying with, uh, you know, certain people um, sharing that? It's just tricky. It's tricky stuff. I'm going to say one more thing about Kedla Mesa because he's the one that threw me off. This was maybe 15 years ago. I don't even know if he's still alive because he seemed he was pretty old then, Hmm. you know, and so I don't even know. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not claiming I got it exactly right. He said this on page 28 because some guy out there will say, well, on 28, I just pulled that, you know, hat, I mean, that number. But his, yeah. he honored those two men, justification by faith and holiness is my point, and said that men were against him. Not everybody, but I just didn't know what to do with that. But anyway, going to your thing, how do you, okay, how, there's there's a platform you're preaching on that another person is responsible has the authority over meaning when i go to brother bill's platform over far on the east coast somewhere i just made that up he is more responsible for what's said on that platform i'm going i don't think i have to know what was said at the two o'clock session before i could talk at the seven o'clock session i go there to speak at the seven o'clock session based on the word that what's in my heart and I'm going to take a stand for that. And I'm not responsible for every breakout they have and who spoke at it. And I got to correct them and get it clean before I can talk in a seven o'clock session. Hmm. One guy feels he has to do that. I don't. Now, if it's my platform that I have the authority over, that's a different story Then I need to be, I need to have an answer for the two o'clock session and yeah. who says what at it. So I see those as two distinct different situations. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I'm completely, I'm, I'm there with you, and that's what I think Francis was doing, bringing the gospel to maybe an audience that doesn't hear that uh, as often. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my big beef wasn't why, why did Francis speak, it was why did, you know, Benny Hinn, I mean, I might have a different view, I don't want to go off on this, but from yeah. what I've seen, I just so many dangerous statements and, and just, not, just not good stuff. So that would have been my big concern as a, as a conference uh, promoter is, um, not Francis Chan, but having having other people on the stage as well. But that's a good point. If you, it's one thing if you know who you're sharing the stage with. Also, um, you know, just sharing the stage doesn't necessarily mean that you identify. Right, you that's the point I'm making. And because the guy way over the corner, that leader thinks you're identifying. I don't have to bear that yoke because he says you are now identified. I go, no, I'm not. Hmm. I gave my message. You you deserve my 42 minutes of what I said. That's what I stand for. Not the guy up there that I didn't... I mean, I knew he would be up there, but I didn't even make reference to him. But that guy over in the corner says, you are now him. And I go, no, I'm not. I don't, barely, I don't accept that yoke. I, I, I refuse it. That's good. And, yeah. and I appreciate you putting it on me, but I don't have to live on it. I don't have to yeah, answer that. I, I would have kindness. But I wouldn't feel, but again, if I'm the head of the conference and I oh, put sure. the guy there, that's a different story. That's a different story. 
That's great. Hey, you know, I got one more question for you, Pastor Mike. Um, you know, while we're talking about this, this is the type of, of show that tends to go viral because people are hungry for this type of information. So I just wanted to, you know, because I'm, I'm putting everything out that I've heard because I want to, you know, give you this opportunity and I appreciate your heart so much. And this this has really helped me a lot too. Um, some some people are coming out of like, so the Bethel movement and some of the things, and they're really focused on the prophetic. And I know that you really have a heart for the word of God. What would you say to like the young person that maybe doesn't spend time in the word? They're really focused on the prophetic, you know, and, and I believe in the fivefold ministry gifting a hundred percent, but you know, how important is it to really know the word of God, pastor? Yeah. I, do you know his name is Raven Hill? Do you know that name? Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, every old, okay, good. Okay. You know him. I, I, one of my great privileges of life is I got to be a friend of him. I spent maybe 10 or 15 times I got to be with him. So, and he came to Kansas City had full time for 10 days at a time. So I got to know him a little bit. He was one of my heroes in the 70s and 80s. So that was like, wow. wow. Raven. <laughs> you know, anyway, he used to say this. He used to say, say this. He goes, he says, the spirit without the word, the judges, will hmm. blow up. Hmm. The word without the spirit, the Pharisees, hmm. will uh, dry up. Yes. He says, the word and the spirit, the, the true prophets, you will grow up. There he said, is. one will blow up, one will dry up, one will grow <laughs> up. But I would say that I have found any time you're trying to move out in the spirit and you have a lack of value for the written word, uh, that's obviously dangerous and that you don't want that. There's so much hype and there's so much mm. goofy stuff you can get into. But here, being a pastor for 40 years plus, yeah, I have found not 100%, but a lot of young people get all energized about, like, oh, I want to have this vision, blah, blah, blah. And two or three years later, many of them have moved on to the next thing. So I don't look at it as thinking this is a 30-year pattern and they're mm. going to get stuck over in a cult. That's good. I would talk to them and say, you got to get into Bible training. Come on, you got And they would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they wouldn't. Right. And as a, as a father in my heart, I would think, you know, they're 21. I bet when they're 24, they're not even fully in this in the way they are now. Hmm. So I'm not non-concerned. I don't want to be cavalier about it. Right. But but lots of times they move to the next season. You know, they're, yeah. oh, everything is healing. Everything is healing. Well, <laughs> three years later, and they haven't seen as many healings as they're hoping. <laughs> and they go, well, let's get everything still winning now. Okay. Which I love that. And yep. Well, three years later, they've only had four people to the Lord. Well, what God really wants is a transformed society, you know? Yeah. And so I... Though I, I, I'm in some way not giving a clear answer, I would always want to anchor them in the Word and anchor them in a Bible-believing community of people where their safety will found. Hmm. And I don't overly worry if they're young and it's a two or three year exaggerated focus. And I'm to the degree I have influence, I would get them into the Word of God in a systematic way and into a Bible-believing community with older people who love the Word. That's go. what I'd always try to do, but I wouldn't overly worry about it if it was just a couple of years where they were kind of overdoing something. Yeah. Wow. What a great answer. Thank uh, you. But Pastor Shane, yeah. That one? That's yeah. A good yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think what's happening, too, is a lot of people are saying, what are the prophets saying? What are the prophets saying? Versus what is Jesus Christ saying to you yeah. every day in His Word? A prophetic word. Abraham went years on a prophetic word. The prophetic yeah, word absolutely. is like is, is um, Wayne Grudem in his book on systematic theology explains it as God spontaneously bringing something to mind to benefit the other person or convict the other person. Um, so I don't think we live off that. Just like Mike said, we live off the word of God. But from there time to time, I know uh, just people have said, "Hey, God's put this on my heart. It has helped me tremendously." 
Um, but I don't think we should be living for it. That's what's happening. And even I know, I mean, I don't want to criticize because I, I really want to hear the other side, but what, one of the things about Bethel that has came out is, well, you know, people miss it a lot, and uh, I'd rather just have them shoot and hope for the best. But when you say, thus saith the Lord, you better know that, mm. you know, God has put that on your heart. So I think a cavalier approach is can be unhealthy. I, I, I agree with the cavalier approach, for sure. Yeah, you don't need to hear what the uh, prophetic words every week. You need to get on, uh, allow the Word of God to penetrate your heart and stay, pray, and obey the Word of God. And then prophecy comes on supplemental, uh, in, where when we need conviction or assurance or peace or confidence, and that's pretty much what, what we see the gifting is. So I, I see what you're talking about, Todd. It seems to be a big push. Uh, it's, it's all about the prophetic, and it takes really away uh, from obedience to the Word of God and if it's odd, it's God. It seems to be the new mantra. You know, if it's, if it's weird, it's, if it's weird, it must be God. If it's, if it's, if it's odd, it's God. Oh, man. But, so, you know, I, I know Bill Johnson, and if he was here and heard the last three minutes, he would agree with that. Yeah. Because Bill Johnson is a Jesus-exalting Word of God man, but his movement is growing so big, so fast. I mean, he's got 2,000 kids in his school. Hmm. Oh, what? They're, who knows what every case is doing? Right. And they're all on social media. Right. But Bill, I know Bill is a Jesus-focused, his favorite, my favorite statement is, he was Jesus' perfect theology. The written word of God is our guide. I mean, he would say that like, the boy in the downline of excited kids, that is not easy to keep all that measure in hmm. the right way. Yep. Yeah, I just don't understand. Yeah, he's yeah. a great man. Bill Johnson's a really good man. Yeah, you know, and and I it, don't know enough about the movement to, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't really. We've got kind of our hands full here <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah, and that's how I felt. I hop. I am so buried by go. some of the goofy things that friends and enemies do in our midst and say we do. And I go, oh my gosh, I am not. We got an open mic for twenty years at IHOP. Sure. You can go on the mic front. It's an open mic, and it's on the internet. Oh my god! And gosh. we have several million people a, a year of different people who tap into us three or four million. Some number like that. I don't even know, even know what it is. But anybody can play on the mic. I just cringe. I go, oh my god! Oh, wow. <laughs> I have normally they come from all over the earth. I don't know what they're going to say. We don't monitor their prayer book, and they take it to pray for revival. Right. And uh, we've heard some of the stupidest things. We talk to them, like, honey. You can't say that. Just well, God told me to. I go, no, He didn't. Mm. <laughs> you can never say that again. It's <laughs> already on live on the internet on sure. archives. And I think, what a weird world. Oh, wow. <laughs> you have something to say? You, you know, I just, I want to be respectful for you guys' time. This is amazing, amazing conversation, by the way. If we could just close out our argument, I mean, not our argument, but our conversation yeah. on, on Catholicism. And, you know, to my family, let's just say it's my family that's listening right now, your family, uh, people that, that are honestly seeking, you know, what would you say to them? You know, they might have heard some things today, and maybe they are a little bit offended by some of the things that were said. You know, how can we, uh, and I'll start with you, Pastor Mike, you know, how can we reach out and, and just show the love of Jesus and explain our heart in the best that we can right now? I would say set your heart on knowing Jesus. He's the living word, and he will be in full agreement with the written word. So whatever you think about Jesus, the living word, it will be backed up by Jesus, the written word. And so anything we said that you can't find in the written word, throw it away. Throw it away. Mm. But at least yeah. check out the written word. That's all I would ask them. I tell our students when they join us, if you, I say this every semester, every year, 
if you hear me say anything you don't see with your eyes and your Bible, you can challenge me. I just ask you to do it with humility, but challenge me. That is your responsibility to challenge me. So I would tell that to your Catholic friends and family. That's beautiful. Challenge us if you can't find it in the Bible. I love that. Pastor Shane, did you want to chime in on that? Well, I'd probably say the same thing that uh, it's not, and people say this, why are you beating up on Catholics or why are you coming against Catholics? I actually love Catholics. Uh, we're not really doing that. What we're doing, though, is we're letting people know there's a stark difference between what Rome teaches. You can go to Catholic. I think it's .com or .org, and it yes. says on there that Mary is still interceding for us on our behalf in heaven. That's just absolutely incorrect. The, the purgatory, that the cross of Christ was not enough, that we're still going to go be punished for it. I mean, these are some big, big uh, discrepancies in doctrine. So it's Man, actually, those are big ones. Those are big ones. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's the love. It's the love of people that actually compels us to share the truth. That's right. If we, if we, if we didn't love people, we wouldn't say a word. We wouldn't, we'd just go on living our lives. But it's because we love people. Look at what the Bible says, and look at what uh, Roman Catholicism teaches, the system, and uh, you'll see there's some, some big differences there. And just like Mike said, turn your eyes to Christ. Repent fully, give him your life, and I've 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 got Catholics coming to know the Lord. I mean, quite often yeah. uh, because they realize they were trusting in a religious system. They counted on the church for salvation, and they realize that salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. So that would be my my closing point is to to repent and believe in Christ, mm. and let that be the finish. Let the finished work of, of the cross be what you uh, what you hang your hat on, not some religious system. I love that. And I, I'll just add this. You know, I went to King's College and Seminary. I came up under Pastor Jack Hayford's ministry for many years. And one of the things that he really loved to do is to be a device of unity in the body. And you guys can see, obviously, the fruit of his ministry. And, you know, great I, man, I... Great man of God. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I would say, uh, you know, is that there's no denominations in heaven. You know, it, it, it's really true. I mean, we've made denominations here on earth, but there's no denominations in heaven. And so it's really about a wholehearted uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, accepting him in our heart, being our Lord and our Savior, having a relationship with him each day, having a prayer life, knowing his word, you know. And so if we can apply that and uh, I would just say to, to the people that are out there, they're very quick to criticize. What a beautiful conversation today. I mean, what a, a holy, we, we, we prayed for the Holy Spirit to come. I believe he did and answered a lot of questions here. And I, I'm encouraged. Are you guys encouraged? Or Pastor, are you encouraged? Yeah, I, I, I want to say one more quick thing. I want you to give Pastor Nets a for Mike Bickle. <laughs> you said you're a part of his ministry. I love Pastor. Oh, he's the he's such and a great Shane, I look forward to meeting you face to face and giving you a hug and fellowship with you. We have a kindred spirit. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. And I Todd, I think it's important to even leave uh there's actually a, you know a group of people that aren't gonna like this. They're they're against anyone that's charismatic. Yeah. Um and they hang their hat on when that which is perfect comes out, which is in part will be done away with. And I was just thumbing through John Calvin's commentaries. Mm -hmm. on first corinthians and he says that that has to do with when christ comes again yep. um so for us to believe that the gifts are still available i think it's you actually have to do more a uh, turning of scripture to make it say that they're not that's right uh, we're simply believing that they are available today we don't see it in the mass healings uh, like we saw in the bible but it happens in the mission field it's happening all around i think people should be just not not cautious but open uh, those maybe who are hyper-conservative, just have you fully surrendered your life? Stop being so critical. Stop letting pride 
you know, prevent you from the fullness of the Spirit. And um, I'm hoping repentance takes place on that end as well. Amen. Amen. I love it. I Powerful. Love it. And I wish, and I would pray that the people who believe in the gifts would steward them in a more excellent way and with a spirit of humility and servanthood. Many do, but some don't. That's right. A greater excellence and a greater humility in their gifts and the way they share their gifts. So they're serving and not grandstanding, saying, I got it and you don't. That's one of the main underlying issues that offends so many conservatives. Yes, it sure it sure it sure does. I remember when I when I experienced the Holy Spirit, life changed. Boy did it ever. Um, you know what? Maybe Mike, you could close out with this, Todd. Todd, you don't mind is no. You know, it, people people are going to email and ask about, um, you know, well, Mike's with you know with endorses the Kansas Kansas City Prophets. So what what is that in a nutshell? What is the Kansas City Prophets? Yeah, that, <laughs> in that's re- old news. That's no, old in news. reality, in reality, they never existed. Hmm. Meaning, there were ten or twelve guys. Half of them did not live in Kansas City, and a man far away over in England called them the Kansas City Prophets. He came up with the title. And when I saw the title, I go, these guys, half of them, don't even agree with each other, and they don't all like each other. Wow. I go, that group's not real. And then it got in a lot of magazines. Then it became a fact of history. And I know those 10 or 12 guys. Most of them never lived in Kansas City. And a bunch of them didn't like the other one nor agree with the other one. And I said, that is the weirdest. And I get asked that. Oh, you know, through the years, can't say prophets. I go, not exactly. Now, if you want to ask about Paul King and Bob Jones, mm. I could talk about those two men, but they wouldn't have said, I'm a Kansas City prophet. And me, I certainly would never acknowledge that word or never acknowledge it. Never had ever in 36 years that I've been a Kansas City. Wow. Amazing. That's good. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that kind of. <laughs> hey. <laughs> there you go. You, you, you know, I just appreciate. I want to let you guys. Uh, I know we we've been on almost an hour, so I want to be sensitive of your time. But thank you so much for taking the time. If you could just hold on, would one of you close us out in prayer? I would love that. Uh, which? Who would... Go ahead. You want to? Do... Are you are you sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm, All right. I agree with you. Yeah. Let me do that, Lord. We just uh, first. I thank you for this conversation. I pray that this launches. Uh, unity within the body of Christ for those who truly desire unity, Lord, yes, for those Lord. who want more, they want clarification, they want to be full of your spirit, they want to be united, Lord, just as you and the Father are united. So I pray that this message and this uh, talk would help many people find that middle ground, and we just thank you for what you're doing. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just fall upon our nation. God, yes. we need you. Yes. Our governments need you. Our schools need you. So, Lord, we pray that you would bring that revival that is desperately needed and we pray this in jesus name jesus amen. name amen and amen i love it i agree amen. amen we got pastor mike bickle and pastor shane eidelman you can find them online uh they both have websites and information on there we thank you gentlemen we honor you if you can just hold on one minute here and we will be back with more remnant radio